What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonderkid, episode 51. Here with my guy, Fredson. How are you? Ah, I, I got a smile on my face after watching that game, right? We just got we just got done watching Manchester City, Liverpool, three, what, 3,000 miles away from each other? Um, <laughs> I'll I tell you what, those types of games, those types of games where both teams are at each other's throats, where they're both playing phenomenal football, Mm-hmm. You, you, that's that's what makes us fans right um for sure, for sure. but anyway I'd, I'd anyway say, i'd say yeah. that was one of the games of the season okay that yeah. was one of the games of the season and what's the yeah. best thing is we're gonna see this on repeat this clash of man city against liverpool so yeah. high expectations high expectations so Very. let's get started with you want to get with united tottenham where do you want to touch well, actually, I mean, let's stay on that Liverpool City game for a second, mm-hmm. okay? Because I think this is pretty important momentum-wise for Liverpool. You've got a team that, you know, for, as far as I can see, uh, in past years, they have gone to the Etihad and been blown out previously. And I, I have to go maybe back to, like, 2018. I think they lost four zip. There was another game where it was five zip. Um, so the fact that Liverpool was uh, pretty square, right, mm-hmm. with them, two to two, um, that's, that's pretty important. Um, Sadio Mane with that great goal on his 30th birthday. Um, but I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, it almost felt like that Manchester city, uh, you know how Pep Guardiola was talking about how he overthinks some of these things. <laughs> yes. Um, and he, fe- and he feels as if, uh, most of the time it works out in his advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, well that Gabriel Jesus giving him his first premier league start since January, mm-hmm. that was interesting. Good, it good started work. out obviously really, really well, but in that second half, he missed a couple chances, a couple layoffs that could have had, like it had De Bruyne fuming. Mm-hmm. And it's at that point that I was a little surprised that he wasn't replaced. I think he wasn't replaced until like the early eighties, right? Mm-hmm. The early 80th minute. Yep. So, um, it, it was really interesting to kind of see that overthinking like, like play itself out uh, because it worked, then take them off in the 50th or 60th minute and put mm-hmm. fresh legs in, put somebody that's going to provide like Mares, right? Put mm-hmm. somebody in uh, a whole lot earlier, let them gel and, and hit them on the counter. Cause they were doing it true like phenomenally well. And just a couple things didn't go their way. But anyway, true. I just didn't want to like leave it. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, Luis Diaz, when he came on in the 70th, another breath of fresh air, um, I'm I'm just really excited to see the uh yeah the FA Cup clash um and what these two can do and if they wind up I I don't know they're just a lot of fun stuff but anyway mm-hmm. that was not the only go- game this weekend that true, is just true, but uh, first things so, first okay. is like Kevin De Bruyne I have to highlight this something yeah. that's very different in the Man City game is the fact that uh-huh. they have no striker and the fact that they have no striker does something that never happened Ever in the history of Kevin De Bruyne's career. And it is. He has more goals than assists this season for Man City. And it's because Man City have no strikers. So he, so he had to adapt his whole style yeah. of play. And you can see it. He's like, he's much more taking ownership with those shots. And you can see right. the threat constantly in that first half, especially. The players that I got to highlight is the Portuguese bunch, okay? Cancelo. Right was the best fullback in that game. Trent was not bad, but Cancelo was was a better threat, and he played better. Uh, And Bernard Silva. 
the goal, even the goal of the Bruyne, who sets up that goal was Bernard Silva with the quick free kick. He is yep. so underrated with those smart plays that he does, the, the fouls that he generates, the movements he does. So I have to highlight him. And Jota. Jota keeps on scoring and bagging goals. So can still Bernard Silva and Jota in the biggest clash in the world of football right now. The Portuguese players are, are shining. No Ruben Diaz, unfortunately. But and Ederson. Ederson went bold. Uh, I went bold with that uh, in the goal. Okay. And yeah. And final comments was Guardiola said before the game, we've raised the bar of the Premier League. And that oh, yeah. is absolute fucked because we're <laughs> looking at that game thinking, how long will it take Man United to get to this level that Liverpool and City are at? I oh, see my what you days. Did. I see what you just did. What a, seg- what a segue. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to take a while. And obviously, we talked a lot about it in that live um, on Friday. And I appreciate everybody tuning in to that. Um, yes. But I mean, to distill it. Uh, down to a bite-sized morsel here. Um, Eric Ten Hag or not, um, it's going to take just a lot of new things for what United is now, what a lot of people deem a corporate club, Mm -hmm. right? What United is now, it's going to take them a lot to become like, we love football again, (laughs) right? We love it so much that we're going to put the best players on the field, Mm -hmm. not the players that we paid 70 million pounds to buy. Exactly. Um, And that's going to take a lot longer than I think people think, unless, of course, you invite a guy like Eric Ten Hag in and you say, here's control. You're going to have footballing uh, people above you. And uh, we're going to help you build the roster that you need to essentially play your um, play your role, play your tactic, play your system. And uh, we, we, we talked about a lot of players. We talked a lot about a lot of positions. Um, and then Man United went out and, and gave us <laughs> another uh, performance that uh, was, again, substandard. And then we had some crazy drama at the end of it. Um, I don't know if you – do you want to comment on it first before I comment on it? Well, or... let's comment on the game first. Like, okay. it's, it, was, it, it was sad, yes. And first yeah. things first is my message after watching that Everton 1-0 victory over oh, United man. is get Eric Ten Hag, ASAP, ASAP. Because Liverpool, when Klopp arrived at Liverpool, okay, it was October, November, start of the season, but it wasn't like September or like July. It was in the middle of a season. It was like, we know where we're at. We know we need a savior. That guy is available. Let's go with it. That's what United need to do. They need to be like, right now is the time, okay? And I think Eddie Ten Hag would do it. Would do it because something is happening right now. And it is Ralph Ragnick, every single game that he loses, especially, he loses importance. And his chances of staying at the club, just giving counseling, go lower and lower for every loss that he has. And I don't want for United Ralph Ragnick going because if he goes... Eric Ten Hag will be on his own, okay? Mm -hmm. And we don't want that guy on his own if United are going to have improvements, okay? Because it's at the top two. So get Eric Ten Hag ASAP. That's the message I got to say. I got to say. 
Yeah, I mean that, that that is not a bad message. I don't know how realistic it is. Uh, they'd have to throw a lot of money at him because he is in a yeah an ear divisie title um, race as yeah. it stands. But there's got to be a way to maybe get his support staff in there or somebody else in there. First, they got to announce the damn thing, hmm. right? Announce it uh, yeah. and make it make it um, make it official. But yeah, I, I just watching that game. Um, I'm I'm gonna instead of focusing on on the United kind of drivel. Uh, and that, and that, that result, um, I'm going to focus on the positive here because, you know, a, a long storied historic club, like, like Everton was on the ropes. Mm. Uh, they still are, they, they still, still are on the ropes, except maybe they've, they've taken a step out, um, and they're almost ready to fight again because what I saw was everybody took the field, uh, like they were Anthony Gordon and Richarlison on the day, right? Mm. I mean, this kid, this kid, Anthony Gordon wears his heart on his sleeve and like he is, he is a toffee. When I think of you know Everton players, I I, I honestly I think of him mm-hmm. um, now uh, because he just personifies it, and uh, you could see it. You know, ben Godfrey played well, uh, Rasharlison played well, uh, Anthony Gordon played well, and and it was um what's his name Alex Awobi was even he was all over. He was a bat out of hell. Good. He was all over the place. Were they playing great football? No, they weren't. But they did what they had to do to scrape up the three points that they absolutely needed um, when all is said and done. So I I don't know, man. Great I mean, show. Great show with Anthony I, Gordon. He personifies the intensity that you need as a youngster. And you can see that he wants the change at Everton, okay? Yeah. And Richarlison too. Uh, like yeah. there's a couple of players that I'd say, mm, Michael, uh, like Michael Keane. You know what I'm saying? There's a couple of moments there. I'm like dubious. I think Alain coming back. That's a big, big comeback for Everton too. But yeah. the, I, w- I just want to say another thing with United too. I don't understand. Okay. We all know Paul Pogba is going to leave. We all know. So for the benefit of United, do they still need to play Paul Pogba? Paul Pogba? Is it good for him to still be in that locker room maybe? Does it, does it give the right message overall to the locker room? We knowing that Paul Pogba is going to go and he's still there talking. So with all due yeah. respect, I love Pogba. I love Pogba. But maybe it's the best for him already to decide where he's going to go. And for United, it'd be really mm-hmm. good to have clarity. It'd be really good to. So. Yeah, and, and, and here's the absolutely crazy thing. Oops, just bumped the mic. But here's the absolutely crazy thing. West Ham dropped points. Okay, uh-huh. Tottenham gained points. <laughs> Arsenal dropped points. Like the race for fourth place is not out of the question. Yes. You know, United is not out of it. Uh, it I mean, the, the window is getting clo- closer or smaller uh, for them to actually get something done. But, you know, if they can strike fire and, and get a little, um, I don't know, excitement, like get a little like uh, Evertonian uh, uh, pizzazz uh, for for the last few games here, six, seven, whatever it is, uh, games left, United could still get into Champions League football. Mm. They absolutely could. It's not necessarily out of the question. It's going to be tough. But um, I, I think there is that wrestling with, even with a Ralph Rangnick, I think there is the wrestling with, you know, we paid this amount of money for this particular person or um, mm-hmm. This particular person has a stature or has an agent breathing down my neck. Um, they need to play in order to be able to offload them or they need to play. Um, I, I don't know. It just seems like everybody's remembering 2018 World Cup final Paul Pogba and and not the Paul Pogba that's currently whatever, Very doing true. whatever Very he's true. doing at United. 
Um, so I'm I'm with you, but I do believe United can still potentially turn it around, at least to the good. Um, but uh, it, it's it's gonna. But it all depends take... on who. It all depends on who for that to happen. It, it does, and I'll be honest. I'm gonna say it. I'm a little skeptical that it that it it's Cristiano Ronaldo that turns this club around or helps turn this club around. Um, I think he's at wit's end. I think he sees that there's this whatever, and it manifested itself in whatever happened. If if people haven't read up on it, obviously it's a buzz uh, on Twitter um, and pretty much everywhere else. But yes, uh, I believe it was after the game. He was um, mm-hmm. leaving, right? They yep. had just lost Everton one zip. Um, a, a fan, um, I'm not sure how young, 14. but a, a fan held his, yeah, held his, uh, hand out with his phone in it. And, um, and Cristiano Ronaldo slapped it pretty hard, uh, and the phone fell down and broke. Now, Cristiano in, in his defense, uh, immediately kind of apologized and immediately invited that particular fan to a game. And I'm sure he's probably going to cover a new phone. He's probably going to do whatever, but now you've got this like investigation that's happening. Um, and it, it's leveraging. tough. The fans leveraging. Okay. He doesn't want a new phone. He doesn't want a trip to old Trafford. The fan, yeah. the fan wants a big fine to Christian Ronald of like a hundred thousand or 200,000. Yeah. And maybe he's going to get that because that yeah. attitude was wrong to do. Okay, yes, Ronaldo was. was not right to do that. And that, again, I'm not going to justify it. It was wrong yes. to do it, but that shows yes. the passion and the frustration of that guy. And I'm gonna, I am yes. saw some comments on Twitter, okay, that it's that's the frustration of someone that has as Captain Maguire. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, oh, no, no, no. But if it's going there, I understand. And for me, I told you in the live, the captaincy role for me, is the biggest problem. And Alfonso Davis, I wanted to say this. He yeah, mentioned it, okay? And I am 100% with him. We constantly say this, that it is. How does Maguire talk to Ronaldo as a captain with that armband in terms of respect? So, and if you have Gary Neville talking about that in the panel of Sky Sports, he, there's clearly yeah. that talk inside Man United. So yeah. just take the captaincy. Well, it's awkward yeah. for me that Maguire still has it. It's awkward. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's um, it's like the shiny object to just almost It's very cursed. important. Uh, it's it, very important, it's the shiny object to uh, to just lay, lay in on Harry Maguire right now. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when all is said and done, though, and I've said this previously, like as good as Cristiano Ronaldo can be, as good as he is, mm-hmm. as, as legendary as the man is, uh, for Manchester United to move on, like really, truly move on, um, I, I think Manchester, I think Cristiano Ronaldo has to move on. I think, I think they need to just agree to part ways this summer or, or whatever. Maybe, yeah, maybe because I don't know if he's. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe ten years. Probably not ten years ago. I don't know if he's necessarily cut out for the role that he likely is going to have to play mm-hmm. uh, for United to essentially get its soul back, right? And, um, and, and I don't necessarily fault Cristiano Ronaldo for that, right? Mm-hmm. He's too advanced in his career to necessarily want to like take the kids under his wing, all the kids, all the people, whether they're 27 year old Englishmen, uh, center backs. I don't know if he's 27. Is he like 29? I don't know. <laughs> he's there. But, he's there. Or, 
it's taking these people, these these supposed world class athletes, under his belt and or under his belt. That's weird. Under his arm, and you know, ex- explaining to them kind of how to be a, a legendary club mm-hmm. or a world class club. I, I don't want to put that on his shoulder, especially in the last few years of his career. Mm-hmm. So, really, what it comes down to, the way I look at it, is this relationship. While it it seemed phenomenal on paper, you and I both agreed that if this could work out, it would work out phenomenally. Well, it hasn't. And I think it makes sense for everybody to kind of look at it and say, mm-hmm. eh, hasn't worked out. Well, I think Cristiano can go somewhere else, uh, have his few final years uh, be in a place that he really can. Mm-hmm. Wh- where that is, I don't know. I don't know where you might think United is. Or do you think he's going to batten down the hatches mm-hmm. and say, no, I need to make United great again. Oh, geez. I can't yeah. believe I'm about to use that slogan. I believe but- in that. But I, I believe yeah. that Ronaldo really himself his belief, yeah. I really okay. don't think he's going to leave Man United as a failure or as a bad transfer. He can't in his mind. Because first yeah. he comes there as someone that's going to turn it back. And this is something too. Oli. Oli was the coach at, at Man United at the start. Oli was the one that put Maguire with the captaincy that put that pressure. Oli was the one who got a Bissaka and then didn't know, know, didn't know how to use Jadon Sancho. So, I think Ralph Ragnick with Ronaldo, they're trying to get a grip of each other even. Some really good moments happened with Ralph Ragnick too. So, I believe, I literally, I really believe still, if Eric Ten Hag comes, I believe that Ronaldo can be the leader and the example of the culture that Man United should have because they had it when he was there. And he saw everything. Yeah. He saw everything. And I, and in the live, I said it. I just don't know if Maguire would accept the diminishing of his importance in the locker room. That for me, because it can be... It can be, it can affect the player in the in the wrong in the wrong no, side. I, I hear you there, but if he ever had captaincy, um, a captaincy role to play, mm-hmm. his understanding of that um, is probably the the swallow that pride, man. Exactly. And, you and, know, it, everyone's got to buy into this regeneration of Manchester United, and if if uh, and, if you can't, then it's just going to perpetuate itself. And and I've just a last note with that is I remember mm-hmm. ever since. Maguire went out and he was he went he, he had that news about Ibiza, the Ibiza incidents that Maguire right. had as a captain. And the news was on top of him because he was a Man United captain involved in all that and all that gibberish. Ever since mm. then, I haven't seen Maguire the same player. Ever since then, in my opinion. So I just I, yeah, I really I hope I hope he can become the Maguire we saw at Leicester. Definitely. Yeah, but but uh, uh, let's wow. change the let's change the focus so to something more positive, and it's Tottenham, Tottenham. Yeah, and if if you listen to FC Wondercamp podcast, you know I'm a huge believer of Conte. And when those mm-hmm. those news reporters that were saying, "Oh, Conte, he's he wants to go, he wants to leave Tottenham, he wants he's just playing mind games with the players," <laughs> and you can see that Kuluzeski has turned on. And by Kuluzeski yeah. turning himself on, who is playing really well now? Son and Kane. So he That's is the true. gel that was needed at Tottenham. And Bentakur yeah. too, at the back too, handling things as it should be. Love it. Love it. Yeah, so Conte is a, finally uh, doing it. Woo! Yeah, we, we, we did say that Kulisevsky, um could really shine 
in an Antonio Conte system. And uh, obviously it was rocky to start. It all was rocky to start. Um, But yeah, they are flying now. I mean, I think they were ninth or 10th place um, when Conte Mm -hmm. came in. Uh, Now they're up to fourth and they have a really, really good chance of locking fourth place down. Don't think they'll catch Chelsea at third, but uh, fourth is is definitely in their view. Um, But more importantly, man, They've won, I believe it's six out of their last seven games, Mm. okay? Uh, Seven out of their last nine. And, um, you know, one of the big things that was really letting them down early on was defense. Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously Harry Kane hadn't woken up from his uh, half-season-long slumber yet. Um, (laughs) But now you're looking at guys that um, that are on fire, like you mentioned. Um, Son had a hat trick against Steven Gerrard's Villa. They won four zip, and now you're looking at 25 goals scored, four goals conceded for Tottenham in their last seven Premier League games. Okay, um, 25 goals scored, like that's pretty pretty damn impressive. And Harry Kane has shot up the the charts. I mean, he hasn't surpassed Salah, and he certainly hasn't surpassed Son. But just a little fun fact here: I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Son now has more non-penalty goals in the Premier League than Mohamed Salah, your golden boot leader currently, himself. Sheesh, that's a bold yeah. stat. Ooh, that is a bold stat. Whoa. So that's, that just shows that Son's underrated. That is fucked. Love it. What I want to say, too, is like Kulusevsky, it's still alone with an option and it's 35 right. million. And that is going to be triggered 100%. And he's got nine goals. And assists, okay? Uh, so that involvement makes him, no doubt, one of the top 10, definitely, uh, January transfers, last uh, last January transfer window. And if you oh, want yeah. to see a video about our top 10 January transfers, let's get this podcast to 300 likes, okay? Go bold. Just a quick mention. I want to do that top 10 video. But uh, going, to a, <laughs> going to going to a two. Yeah, just 300. Go bold with it. Just... You know, so and I wanted to say this about Tottenham. I got here on my notes. We focus yep. a lot about Arsenal youth, but Tottenham mm-hmm. with Conte, they've got youth too. They got Oliver Skip, 21 year old, uh, Kuluzeski, 21 too, uh, Romero, 23, uh, Brian Gil on loan to Valencia, he'll come back, 21, uh, Emerson Royal, 23, Bentacur, 20, yeah, Bentacur, wow. 24. So, uh, we still got a ton of... Uh, did I mention Romero 23? Yes, like, you did. Because unbe- that for me is like unbelievable. Romero's going to cement himself there. And it's like a lock. They got him for 40 million. Like people talk to them, they'll, they'll be trying to sell him out for much more than that. And Conte yeah. is sure happy because he knew him at Atalanta too. So yeah. now the big question is, <laughs> Harry Kane. Yeah, you mentioned him. And yeah. it's interesting that the closer to we are that we are to the summer, the better yeah. Harry Kane is performing. Okay, right. and I don't think that metric is a coincidence because, oh. and, I, and I am sure Conte is aware too, Okay, mm-hmm. and I am gonna say okay that Kane I think is gonna leave next summer, okay, for a hundred or a hundred and twenty million, and I am expecting or Lautaro, or Dybala, okay. to go okay. to Tottenham. One yeah. of these two, okay, that's a bold prediction, but I'm definitely expecting 
more uh, uh, replacement, and he's already thought it out. Because it did, it wouldn't make sense to talk to them to 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 just leave Kane go and not have yeah. any leverage, not having any momentum with him. So it must well, be talked about. Do you honestly believe Harry Kane is going to leave the Premier League? Because I no. don't see <laughs> Eric Ten Hag coming in and saying, "I want to buy, I want to spend a hundred million plus on Harry Kane." Mm-hmm. I also don't see City going after him unless their pursuit of Holland hmm. dissipates pretty quickly, which it doesn't seem like it's going to unless Real Madrid outbids them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I um, I, Chelsea is the question mark. Arsenal, no way. Uh, um, no way. You really think Arsenal? No, I, I, I don't think Daniel Levy would, would, would like that for sure. And he'll, he'll be a hard bargainer. I like Dan, yeah, I wouldn't like if Daniel Levy liked that. I mean, that's, that's, that's like, oof. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if Stan Kroenke has the, um, has the, uh, I don't know, intestinal fortitude to to shell out that type of money. Um, no, but it is kind not. of funny. I mean, they could have just mended ends with uh, with Obama Yang, and who knows? Maybe he could have pulled a Harry Kane and started scoring goals in the Premier League. True. Uh, True. But I but, think Manchester, but, yeah. Manchester, Brighton. I you think do. or United. I think even with Ten Hag, I, why wouldn't Ten Hag like yeah. it? I think it would be a big pull pull of the trigger. Yes, and I do think he'll sign. Other players ahead. I don't think. I think Kane will be something in the middle of the summer. It won't be like first transfer. So because it's such a big decision. So if you think Harry Kane's gonna leave, put down below in the comment section and say where do you think he's gonna go? Because we're having doubts over here. And yeah, <laughs> let's go. I mentioned. I mentioned hey. with the Tottenham youth. I mentioned the Arsenal youth. That yeah. is is really good. Okay, but that happened. Okay, they yeah. lost. The Crystal Palace, okay, and that that and that was pretty bad. That was pretty yeah. bad. Patrick Vieira masterclass over him. Connor uh, Gallagher, like yeah. really good again. So two yeah. losses for Arsenal. Oh my days. Yeah. I mean that's uh, you got, and then you got Graham Potter doing the same thing uh, exactly. against them. And all I gotta say, I know this is jumping the gun. Um, in that game, that that two one win for Brighton over Arsenal. Uh, Enoch Mwepu, he's 24 now, but you know he's he was part of that Zambian connection of Patson Daka mm-hmm. and Enoch Mwepu at Red Bull Salzburg that we loved. We loved to talk about them. Um, Mwepu had just the game of his life, and uh, I gotta shout out Moises Cachedo. You'll hear his name later, yes. uh, but Moises Cachedo getting his first Premier League start for Brighton. Um, he looked he looked great, and I really do feel like he's gonna grow mature more into it more time he gets in the premier league and seven months from now moises cachedo is going to be so much better than what he is right now and right now he's pretty damn good mm-hmm. um so yes hey you're absolutely right i mean when you play with youth you expect pits exactly. and what is it? Uh, fits and starts you expect peaks and troughs whatever you want to call it and they're going unfortunately they're going through a trough right now uh, of two losses in a row at mm-hmm. exactly the wrong time because this was the time that they could have taken fourth place and made it their own mm-hmm. um, and put a little distance in there. Um, but they still got really big matches coming up. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who who kind of – did anyone disappoint you in particular in these last few games or do you think just system-wide they uh, couldn't get fit? No, there's one no. player I got to say, Nun Tavaj, okay? For yeah. everyone that questioned yeah. me saying, Nun Minj is worse than Nun Tavaj, this, that, and the other thing. Where, look at, where are you now? Where are you now? Because Nun Minj is no doubt better 
and it was a development type player okay so that's the first thing and i want to say to arsenal fans you mentioned it it's such a young side no need yeah. to panic this happens as a result of the age and the inexperience in the group i totally agree and it's because of the lack of a striker because yeah. there's moments there that you needed a striker to score a goal for a 1-0 up or a 2-0 up and mm. the midfielder next to Partey. And I am just going to say a quick mention. Fabricio said that Leicester are willing to negotiate TLMA for $25 million. What are you waiting for, Arsenal? Yeah. What are oh. you waiting for? This is the perfect player to be next to Partey and to have the solution to give that little bit, that inch of creativity that you need to do the things at the right time that TLM would do and 25 million Jeez. would be a bargain but yeah, if they if they balk at that that's just bad business exactly um, hell, I'll, I'll give you my i'll give you what little pennies i have to uh help make that get done <laughs> and what i gotta say too is like with arteta that's why i really want to say to arsenal fans no need to yeah. panic because even if arteta doesn't work out okay i'm not gonna even if he doesn't get top four this season I'm not going to go on top of Arteta because he did what he had to do. He cleared the deadwood of the club. The club has a different culture, has a different passion, mm -hmm. and a different feel for it. A signing yeah. of Ramsdale, a signing of Odegaard, a signing of Tomayasu, Saliba coming back. So, Emil Smith-Rowe playing really well. Saka playing really well. Martinelli playing really well. All these decisions were done by Arteta. And I feel like if... He doesn't get right the striker okay that's next if it doesn't yep. work out look people shouldn't hate on him he did what he had to do and he did a really good job and i feel like that next season is gonna be the season for arteta because he's gonna yeah. pull the trigger with the striker and if he doesn't get it if he mm -hmm. doesn't get it we already see the shadow okay that i mentioned they lost to crystal palace and it was patrick vieira Okay, the coach that beat them. And he's doing a pretty good job at Crystal Palace with yeah. the French. Okay, Olis. Okay, going there. So, Otzen Edouard, trusting, trusting the youth to Connor Gallagher, excellent load. And who I mean, would be great with Patrick Vieira? Maybe Saliba. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Saliba would enjoy a bit of Patrick Vieira at Arsenal. So, I just wanted to end up with that. I don't think Arteta should go. But the shadow is definitely rising. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you also have to take into consideration those Crystal Palace center backs. They've been playing, mm -hmm. you know, Gehi and, uh, and yeah. what's his name? Uh, Joachim Wacom. I don't know how to say his first name. <laughs> Joachim. Joachim, maybe. Mm -hmm. Anderson. Mm -hmm. uh, they've, been, they've been very, very good for Crystal Palace. But no, I, I, I'm with you. And that lack of the nine, that lack of the nine is very, it's, it's important. And mm -hmm. uh, there might be somebody, I mean, Lacazette had his run of form. But we all knew that that wasn't necessarily going to turn into this consistent, um, yeah, I'll score you that 87th minute scrapper, mm -hmm. um, bundle it over the line to get the three points away, right? Mm -hmm. um, so they've lost three of four, but like, here's the crazy thing. They're literally three points out of Tottenham, who's in yeah. fourth place now with a game in hand. So this is still very much doable if fourth Fuck. is your final destination. But I, I, just to maybe segue it, because it sounded like that's what you're doing, and it was a great shout-out for Crystal Palace because they've been playing great as of late. But I got to maybe maybe look internally. Um, there, there's a certain, if you're looking for a nine, you, you don't necessarily need to spend the 60, 70, 80 that we probably all think you mm -hmm. need to um, to get a proper one. Why not look at Ivan Tony? 
I mean, Ivan Tony at Brentford right now, who has, thanks to Christian Eriksen um, <laughs> and some others, have a ridiculous resurgence um, that is currently happening. They won again today. Pippin uh, West Ham. West Ham could have, you know, made up some points on Arsenal uh, in their race for fourth, and they didn't. And it was because Ivan Tony. And Ivan Tony now has, I have it down here somewhere. I want to make sure I don't give the wrong number, but I believe it's nine goals. Nine goals in his last nine games. I could be wrong about Erickson. that. Erickson effect. Yeah. What I got to say yeah. is like they beat Chelsea and they beat West Ham because mm -hmm. Erickson is there now. There now, and great shout with Ivan Tony. When yeah. you get those stats, please tell me with Ivan Tony because that's a... nine goals, two assists in his last nine matches. Yes, he scored four penalties, but we don't count that. Um, but it, it, he could fit very well, and and I believe do very well in the system that Arteta is uh, is trying to build up. And he's young enough. He's not 19. He's not 21. He's whatever. True. But he is young in terms of competition that he's growing into his Premier League role. This is a guy that's literally hit every rung of football in England um, on the way up, almost very Jamie Vardy-like in that sense. And uh, he's scored goals everywhere he's gone. And uh, nine goals in the last nine games means... I'd be very surprised if Arsenal, um, if you're factoring in English tax uh, <laughs> and you take Mo Mr. Moneybags, uh, Stan Kroenke into effect, um, Ivan Tony should be probably at the top of their list or pretty damn close. I think I think he's underrated. And even with those videos that people don't recognize him and he's like, oh, who are you? I just play in the Premier League. I, I, like they, it's like they don't like he he gives some side comments that he's not happy at Brentford. But I know like like my, my shout. OK, for a player that I forgot to say could go to to Tottenham and I can mm -hmm. see him going to London after is Richarlison. OK, I do yeah. think if Everton go down or something happens there. Richarlison should stay in the Prem because that's where he should be. And Arsenal should be looking really on top of him and Tottenham yeah. if the if if that uh that loss of Harry Kane happens. I think that'd be two great shouts. Two great shouts to happen. But Gwener, yeah. moving into another league, I just want to give a wait, shout out. Wait, 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 wait. Before we move on, oh, okay. before we move on, I got just one more shout out, man. Because I, I just need you. I need you on camera to say it. What do you think of Jesse Marsh and Leeds United? <laughs> <laughs> really good. We saw 3-0 against Watford. And I, I actually saw the highlights. And yeah. I got to say, too, something about that game. Great that mm -hmm. you mentioned it. Calvin mm -hmm. Phillips came on and two goals came after, okay? I remember telling you the moment that Jesse Marsh grabbed his hands on Calvin Phillips, Leeds mm -hmm. was going to go even better, more scarier. No doubt he's a fantastic player because he just suits so well the system yeah. of Jesse Marsh with those pinpoint <gasps> daggers. And, oh. and and as as we know, I mean, they're not safe yet. So let's let's you know, <laughs> I got I gotta definitely slow my roll, but hey, anytime an American coach in the Premier League, uh considering Bob Bradley before him, anytime an American coach oh, in the no. Premier League wins a few games and lasts longer than a couple weeks, uh, I'm gonna be pretty damn ecstatic. Uh, but when it comes down to it, they're flying right now and they're feeling good and they're they're getting sure they're getting some fortunate bounces. But mm -hmm. Jack Harrison, Rafinha, Rodrigo's playing well. Um, you know, the older guys, uh, it's 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 just great to see. And yes, I'm biased 
Um, with Calvin Phillips coming back to that's hopefully going to allow them to push on. So hopefully they get their safety. Um, but really what it comes down to, we know that this is more of a, um, of a money situation, right? Virginia staying up in the premier league when people are chasing the heck out of him for his signature, it's the difference of almost a hundred percent, right? It's like either, what did you say? It was like 25 or 70 or 25 Uh, or 75. Yep. Yep. It, it's it's a big deal. So, um, you know, I just wanted to make sure that he got his his just dues because Jesse Marsh celebrates every win uh, as if he's won the lottery, right? Oh. And uh, and it's kind of very Ted Lasso of him to do that, but it is it is wonderful to see. So we can now leave the Premier League, but I needed to get my uh, American propaganda in there for sure. And last mention too is no striker there. Daniel James is the yeah. one playing up fours, and he's got like Daniel James, Rafinha, and uh, Jack Harrison there moving, moving them, them three. And Bamford, if he was there, maybe they'd yeah. be even better. So yeah. yeah, put down below in the comment section anything we missed out from the Premier League. Go bold, and yeah, feel free to comment. So next thing I gotta mention with it is Ron Felix getting the award of the best player in La Liga last month, which is deserving with four goals and the complete change of uh, vibe (laughs) with Atletico because everybody was getting on top of Atleti. And after that Man City game, imagine if they were in the bad form that they were before and having the the Man City propaganda game of no attack, no attack, and Joe Felix playing as a left back. So... It was really good for Atleti getting Joe Felix with this award. Facts. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. It's amazing what a player can do when he's 100% healthy, right? <laughs> Especially one as talented as uh, Joe Felix and also when you play him, which wasn't happening, mainly because he was dealing with injury as well. But uh, that's great to see. But if he wants to build on that, um, there's a certain game that's coming up that he might mm-hmm. want to ball out at. Um, yes. And maybe he will. Maybe he will. On Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. Shout out on Twitch. Go to our Twitch channel on Wednesday. FC Wonder Kid at 8 o'clock, people. Okay. It's Atleti at Wanda Metropolitano against Man City. Okay. So please go. Go bold with it. (laughs) Yeah. uh, yeah. That's, that's you know, there's not too, too much else to talk about La Liga. But, like, obviously, Mm -hmm. just the Jekyll and Hyde type of thing, again, with Atleti showed itself. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he might have done – I'm looking at – I was going into the 11. Yeah, he did do – no, not really. He had Suarez start and Griezmann start, and they lost to Mallorca, Mm -hmm. who's literally the bottom of the table. I watched that game, yeah. Yeah, Villarreal does that on a regular basis. Um, so uh, I guess I guess you got to do what you got to do when you're fighting for the Champions League semifinals. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. I'm a little surprised they didn't get things done. But elsewhere, I did see David Silva with two assists today. You know, even though Man City couldn't get the win at home against Liverpool, David Silva's out there getting Real Sociedad um, three points when they were down one zip most of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, you know, you've got Cristo and Kunku. Mm-hmm. With another goal and assist today yes. for Red Bull. I mean, this this guy is just unbelievable. And I just got to say it again: France, call him up and play him. Yes. Boom. Done. Boom. I'm not gonna say it anymore. Boom. They'll, Done. They'll, they'll, they'll end up ahead. Leverkusen is in third, right? So uh, yeah. No Wirtz. Leipzig are gonna. You you reckon too, right? They're gonna get that third place. I mean, they're fighting for it. They certainly are fighting for it. But uh, it's it's still they still got an interesting. Um, 
uh, ways to go. But yeah, I just needed to bring that up again. And, and that that's a good segue because, you know, Nkunku was at PSG and PSG could have had all this, but instead <laughs> they needed to build the craziest trio um, that I've seen, obviously, since Barcelona. Um, and, and that's like this game versus Claremont. Whoa. I mean, I just feel... I just feel bad for Claremont. I mean, Claremont still managed, what, two goals against him? But you had one, one, one. Neymar with a hat trick, Kylian Mbappe with a hat trick, and you had Lionel Messi with a hat trick of assists. <laughs> it's, it's, look, they performed extremely well against Claremont away. Top notch. That's it. Yeah. Like, in the league, they're going to win it. We all expected that. But, like, yeah. it's, it just comes with a grain of salt, these types of things and numbers. And Messi, I think he's, like, seven assists away of becoming the all-time leading in assists in Liga. Yeah. So that's really good and something that's high, should be highlighted. He's not playing badly, Messi, okay? He is not. That is yeah. fake news. But, yes, the attention that... I, let, that's a whole other topic. But I got to <laughs> highlight something that I saw in the news and this just shows how desperate and understandably desperate PSG are to lock in Kylian Mbappé, okay? I would be desperate too if I was losing Mbappé. And this is what they're offering, Breton. This is what they're offering. Beforehand, it was 100 million up forwards. Not anymore. The reports no. are saying PSG are offering Kylian Mbappé 150 million for him to sign that contract and two years, forty million a year. Sheesh. But but but, but I'm sorry, 150 million just, signing bonus. Exactly, just to sign that bad boy contract, just to sign it, 150 forwards. Here's here's a here's a country. Here's a <laughs> here's a, I don't even know how do you quantify 150 million dollars. Literally, like here is a country. Um, <laughs> exactly. And, 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 and we, we know French tax, they get 50%, okay? True. So, like, right. up forwards, PSG's paying $300 million. Yeah, that's insane. That is and, so... Oh, my goodness. And, and from a footballing perspective, here's what they're buying. We all know it's a whole lot more than a footballing perspective. But he's buying in 39 matches this... this Still a kid. He's 23. Okay, he's not a kid. Mm -hmm. He's not a wonder kid. But exactly. Kylian Mbappe in 39 matches has 31 goals and 22 assists. He's got a goal involvement every 63 minutes. And yeah, because he plays for PSG in League One, a lot of that comes with at least people that are purists or people that follow other leagues. Mm -hmm. They essentially put an asterisk next to it and say, well, you're in the Farmers League of League One. Now, 31 goals, 22 assists is still absolutely ridiculous. It is. It is Messi numbers. It is uh, Lewandowski number. Actually, it's it's more than Lewandowski numbers because he would never register that amount of assists. Mm, it is yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo numbers. Um, but we all know that he also does it at where? Other levels. This is a kid that already has a World Cup under his belt, right? Very well. It's, it's bonkers. Mm -hmm. So maybe while the money sounds insane – Maybe it's worth it. Hey! <laughs> it's unbelievable. You're right. I get you. I get you, though. I get you, though. But I got to, like, $150 million. And, like, Di Maria is going to go. Okay, so I think, like, there's going to be a huge culture change. And they're not even thinking about the coach. Pochettino must be like, and where's my contract? Where's right. my contract? Like, he's being offered at 150 Man, in insane insane would you so in the general news do you have anything we 
to miss well, we've missed i'm just gonna i'm gonna make a joke here you, you give uh, mbappe 150 million up front he's gonna turn around and put a down payment on the team he's gonna own psg in the future he will i, uh, I believe marcelo yeah. already owns mafra here in portugal and like uh, then he yeah yeah you got you got players already buying clubs so this look, is true I, I i believe ronaldo one day is gonna buy a club i really believe yeah. that's oh the, yeah 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 uh, that's... Yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm surprised. You know, he doesn't pull pull a David Beckham and buy a MLS team. Um, <laughs> although Inter Miami, think... uh, although they did get a win the other day, Inter Miami is uh, still the laughing stock of the league. Uh, but really, what I just wanted to bring up the last thing in general news. I mean, if you're not watching Serie A football right now or Calcio, yeah, whatever you want to call it, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, if you're not watching it, please just just do it, and and particularly watch. AC Milan, I think, is playing Torino right now, so we won't know, you know, when this is posted, what's going on. But uh, Napoli just had a heartbreaking loss to Fiorentina. What's they, that? yeah, it was one hell of a game. And Arthur Arthur Cabral, congrats on uh, getting a very important um, game winner. But I just wanted to highlight this guy uh, because of how I I was astounded when I went back and I looked at his stats. Ciro uh, Ciro Immobile at thirty two. I mean, are we are we gonna call him the king of Syria at some point? I mean, <laughs> at least the king of Syria goal scoring. He's already up to twenty four goals in twenty seven matches this season, Ooh. and he had thirty six Syria goals in 2019-2020. only twenty last season, and he's got twenty four already leading the league. Um, but over the last five seasons, at his age twenty seven to thirty two in that range over the last five seasons, he's averaged twenty five plus. A year in Syria. I mean, that's like that is longevity. That is consistency. And it then it dawned on me, this guy's not going to Qatar. He's not going to the World Cup. <laughs> Neither is Lorenzo Insigne. Uh, Neither are some of these old heads that we're never going to see again, likely in an Italian shirt over the next on. four years. I mean, that's that's we're, tough. We're good. We're good. Portugal's going, Brett. So let's think about the positive yeah. with that. But yes, yeah, you know. said, let's see. You, you mentioned Artur Cabral, and I was going to lead up. So people, if we yeah. haven't mentioned something in the general news, please put down below. And let's have a good, let's have a good chat with that. And yes, Wonder Kids yeah. news. I'm go I know he's not a Wonder Kid. He's 23 years old. But... Artur Cabral went to Fiorentina because a certain person went to Juve and he wasn't banging goals true, okay, right. in, in his last couple of matches, Dusan Vlahovic, but he scored in the last one and it was a, it was the, the dagger that was needed for Juve to win. And I just want to sure. say this, Allegri, Allegri, mm -hmm. watch out, okay? I believe Allegri's job right now at Juve is a bit on the fence. And I know, I know Chiesa's injured, and that's why they're not so good attacking-wise. I understand. Mm -hmm. But Dybala's going to go. And Dybala was the one who set up that goal to Vlahovic. And I was like, why is Dybala going? Why? Why? So it's like Allegri must have a, a, bit, a bit of a, a decision-making with that. So I, I, I'd watch out. So because you can, you can have Dybala leaving. They're leaked leaving, and yeah, you have all those doubts. Kuluzeski, he's gone. Betakur, yeah. he's gone. So they need to bring in. They need yeah. to bring in players. 
feels like a rebuild all over again um, with that. And and I think that's what people were preparing for, I guess, when Allegri came in. But mm-hmm. we also don't really have a great understanding um, of their financial situation beyond the resources they threw at um, at Vlahovic, right? I mean, that that in and of itself surprised everybody, right? Yeah. They're like, oh, where did, where did Juventus get this money? They're right? fine with them. They got uh, billionaire yeah. owners. But I think she knows. <laughs> It's, it's I mean, in, in Italian in Italian football, you know, having billionaire owners doesn't necessarily mean too, too much, as we've seen over the last 10, 15 years. But y- yes, uh, should they be fine? Great. Uh, but there are rumors DeLigt is leaving, right? Mm-hmm. There are rumors. There's a lot of people. There's. Let's be honest. There's more people rumored to be leaving Juventus than there are that are coming in. So, <laughs> uh, you know, how are they going to spend this money? And that doesn't always lead to success on the field. You got to get that right. But... Anyway, that's yeah, Blahovic, that's a great, great shout. And um And yeah, I, Artur Cabral, yeah, you mentioned him fast. Go watch the Artur Cabral the the third goal of Fiorentina against Napoli. He goes with yeah. a run from the left, he tucks it in, and a beautiful goal against yeah. Napoli, which clinched a very important move for Fiorentina against Napoli. I ha- yeah, I, I really had really good shout, Bretton. Yeah, and Fiorentina just uh, continues to – Nico Gonzalez has been just a breath of fresh air for them. He was when he was in the Bundesliga when he was healthy, mm-hmm. and uh, it's good to see him really kicking on at Fiorentina. I would love to see a Fiorentina actually be in a title mix uh, in the next one, three, five years if they can hold on to some of these guys and grow with them. But uh, I understand that's easier said than done. Um, but I got one for you. Mm. I got one for you, okay? Um I got to bring up uh, Luka Susic, okay? Um, 19-year-old midfielder, plays for Red Bull Salzburg. You, we, Everybody here that listens to us knows that we love Red Bull Salzburg, uh, mainly because they don't crap. They will play their youngsters. Yes. That's actually part of the thing. It's, it's part of the pyramid, Salzburg, Leipzig, um, and then, you know what, the rest is history. But Luka Susic is uh, 19 years old, central midfielder, um, and he went really, he played really well today, uh, got them closer to yet another, I don't know if it's like their eighth in a row or whatever it is, another Bundesliga title in Austria. But really what I wanted to say, he's got one cap under his belt. Hmm. We're talking about a Croatian team. I know that is, it's not like aging, aging, right? It's not, mm-hmm. come on. It's not, they're not senior citizens. They're not like, you know, 38 years old, 39, except for exactly. like a couple of them are getting up there. But they, there is a need for, like, a vigor, right? There is a need for a youthful injection. And I really do believe that bringing Luke, give him seven more years, seven more years, seven more months to develop, Lukas Susic will be on the plane to Qatar. Mm-hmm. I believe it. I have a feeling um, because I just love his development right now um, at Salzburg, and I think he's going to take a leap maybe this summer although he might stay one more year at Salzburg because they're going to need him a whole lot more with Aronson gone. I know they don't necessarily play the same mm. spot, but Luka Susic is one. He's only, he's got one cap under his belt um, right now. I think June and, and the summer windows will uh, tell you all you need to know about him, but watch him, mm-hmm. scout him, because I'm high on him, and I really would like to see him on that plane uh, to Qatar. And I don't, I don't know if he's good enough to get minutes yet, but a lot can change, as we've seen, in seven months. I mean, there will be a guy on the United States men's national team roster mm-hmm. that we probably did not expect to be there uh, over the next seven months. And uh, I'm going to call it Susic for Croatia. That's a, um, great, that's a great play. If, it's, if he's at Red Bull Salzburg, he might leave 
before he gets there. <laughs> but uh, great player, great player. But like we know too, like that Croatian midfield with Brozovic, Modric, yeah. it would be very, very good for him to actually get that experience to go to Qatar. So that is a great shout. I'm going to mention something that has to be said, and it's going to happen, that Fabio Carvalho is going to sign for Liverpool, okay? It didn't happen yeah. last January, but it's going to happen next summer. And the fees are the same as the ones that Fabrizio was mentioning at the end of, yep. of the January transfer window. 5 million mm -hmm. and 20% of the future fee i don't see liverpool doing this often okay and i'm gonna say this i legit believe i legit believe he's gonna make a difference when he arrives not luis diaz level fabio carvalho difference but i legit believe he'll come off the bench and he'll be a player like harvey elliott is right wow. now at liverpool and i'm gonna say this uh, add even more sorry in portuguese fabio carvalho will be considered okay after the next season uh, one of the best transfers last in the summer because i okay. really rate this kid high high and yeah. you know how hyped i was when i saw that he chose portugal under 21 instead of england and he bagged a goal mentioning ballon d'or now he's mm -hmm. going to the right club to develop in my opinion that liverpool is so mm -hmm. yeah i am very incredibly bullish on the potential of fabio carvalho and yeah that's be that because he's portuguese but if i'm gonna go portuguese bias quick fabio vieira Another Fabio, because sure. we got we got Fabius coming in from Fulham and from Porto oh, right now, <laughs> and yeah. both these players, I wouldn't be surprised if Fernand Sanch would bring them to Qatar. Fabio Vieira and Fabio yeah. Carvalho if he goes to Liverpool and he performs well. But Fabio Vieira for Porto, look, people, watch him play. Fifty games, okay, he's already played for Porto at uh, twenty-one. And mm -hmm. people tend to focus on Vitinha, the incredible, the incredible dribbling, the, the good decision-making, the controlling the tempo. But Vieira has the direct assists, the direct goals, and he makes it happen, okay? I compare him a lot with Bernard Silva and how he moves so comfortably going to the wing, going to the middle. He's that type of player. So people, watch out on Fabio Vieira at Porto too. Because, yeah. yeah, well, what, what's it going to take for the other Fabio, uh, Fabio Silva at Wolves to uh, find his way onto the plane? He's uh, Fabio. Well, I, I, well, he will definitely need to start bagging those goals. But the thing here yeah. with Fabio Silva is when I watch him is he plays yeah. well. Like, I don't say like, oh, he's playing so badly. Like the off ball movement is good. The only thing that's yeah. lacking is the most important thing for a finisher and definitely for his confidence. It's the gold. So I, let's gold. hope that Fabio, pa, Fabio Silva gets the get gets that vein from Jimenez in the past and yeah. uh, starts bagging those goals for Wolves, man. Because they'll yeah. they'll find someone. Bruno Lage yeah. will find someone. He's not scared. Oh. <laughs> Wolves, Wolves needs it right now. They need yeah. an, they well they just need some a few results to go their way. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, good shouts and. Uh, I'm sure there will be some other Fabios coming along in the in the next couple of years. But I agree. I mean, Fabio Carvalho, I've been watching him because pseudo like sort of been a Fulham fan mm -hmm. since Clint Dempsey was there, since Brian McBride was there. So I'm always kind of like watching them mm -hmm. um, as they do their, you know, jockeying for position at the bottom of the Premier League to the top of the championship and then, you know, vice mm -hmm. versa. Um, 
I, I was always hoping that Fabio Carvalho was a guy that would grow with them to the point where he would wind up then being there in their starting 11 mm-hmm. first day. Um, and I, I, I want him to be sent on loan. I want you to be wrong so that when they win promotion, because it's seeming pretty likely that they do, that Liverpool loans him back and has him spend his first year, much like they sent Harvey Elliott out on loan to Blackburn. True. And he had True. great seasons for Blackburn at a younger age, too. He was doing it at 17. Exactly. You know, um, I would love to see Fabio Car- Carvalho uh, continue his work for Fulham and let's keep him up for a season, see what Fulham can do in the Premier League, right? Maybe if they can get a year to build so that they're not just like, I don't know, playing crazy football manager games every year. Um, anyway, uh, that's my my hope, but I could also see that happening, him become the next Harvey Elliott for them in terms of in stature of a young signing like that. Where, Super yeah. sub. I that's, believe, that's great. I believe that. That's great. I believe well, you'll have gonna, the impact straight away. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get the bad news out of the way. I'm mm. going to get the bad news out of the way. I, I don't know if you saw the yeah. the, the Twitter uh, photos uh, going around and even the video, and I'm not sure why the cameraman was so up close to Gio Reyna, but man, phew, once again, not even a couple minutes into a game, poor kid is off, uh, tears a tendon in his, uh, in his leg, likely out the rest of the year. Um, you know, I, I guess the only silver lining here for Giovanni Reyna is that uh, there are seven months until the World Cup, and it's not, you know, three months until the World Cup like mm-hmm. it normally is. Um, I just want to see that kid healthy. Uh, and I get it. Like, everybody's first thought process is goes straight to the physio team at Bo Russia Dortmund. Like, why can't they keep anyone who's decent at football, anyone who's decent at football healthy? Why can't they keep them that way? Um, I don't necessarily want to be that person that does that, but uh, it's just... It's yeah. just so tough to see um, a kid that he, if you saw it, he, it, you just feel it because he just immediately just breaks down. Um, and of course the camera is right there to catch it all. So uh, all we want to say is I think all of us here mm-hmm. want Giovanni Reina to be healthy and playing week in week out because uh, you know, he is that one kid that ha- he really does have something about him. Um, and I said it the last time that makes me excited to watch every time uh, he steps out there. And, you know, much like Christian Pulisic when he came in, but with such a different dynamic in a lot of ways to him. So um, that was here's a, hoping. That yeah, was here's news. hoping. Let's yeah, hope, it was. Let's hope he goes to Qatar, though. Like, do you think there's a possibility? Seven months? I do. I do think there will be a possibility, um, you know, from what I've heard, uh, and it's still very early, from what I've heard, it's going to be a couple months. And uh, I doubt that the June CONCACAF Nations League window is in his future, but um, mm-hmm. but I just, I don't know. Those things are tricky. Ham- hammies and quads, I mean, those are not, not easy to rehab and not easy to get back to 100%. Uh, but, hey, I guess you could say at least it wasn't an Achilles, at least it wasn't an ACL. Yep, true, but um true, anyway I'm, I'm gonna back that up i'm gonna basically say you know at least there was another kid in the same weekend uh debuting in the bundesliga and that was a young fullback slash winger uh from dc united uh he made his kevin paredes made his bundesliga debut uh, yes. 19 years old, and uh for he's gonna be a right? to watch. what was that it was for, for wolfsburg, wolfsburg. Yep. Yep, that was Great player. He's a, I, I, you know more on him, but yeah, that was, that was, that's, that's a, that's a great shout too. I like to I end up with the Bundesliga on my end. Like wonder kids yeah. use 
I have to end up with what is Raiola doing with Bayern Munich, right? Like we get Gravenberch that is yep. rumoredly going for twenty eight million. That is yep. elite business by Bayern to to Bayern Munich and Maz Rui going to that right back role. That yeah, mm-hmm. it's a great deal too for Bayern Munich. And this midfield is scary for years to come of Gravenberch. Ki Mish and Jamal Musiala. This is what Bayern Munich is cooking and no one's watching with the youth. Underrated, I'd say. They focus a lot on Dortmund, but look what this look at this youth midfield. Okay, Kimish is a bit old, but come on, he's not that old. So, no, he's not. He's twenty seven. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah. I mean, hey, he just made his um Gravenberg just made his hundredth appearance, I think, for um for Ajax, and you know he's still 19 years 19. old. Oh, um, my un- unbelievable. Um, although I guess you could see maybe maybe Ten Hag can uh, sweeten an offer and get him in the door at United. But um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Leave we'll, Donny we'll there. <laughs> I don't know with Rayola. I we'll, we'll see on that end. Yeah, that's that's a good shout. I um I had another one here, and it's he's a little less known, but I feel like uh, people <laughs> uh, Liverpool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all remember that moment and how quickly um, it happened uh, when Trent Alexander-Arnold took the corner heard around the world, mm-hmm. right, back in the Champions League. Um, what we might not know, and you see this on Twitter all the time, is like people circling like Reese James being the uh, the ball boy back in the day at Stamford Bridge or something, <laughs> uh, and then showing him now, and it's like where they were then and where they are now. How cool is that? It That's is. pretty awesome. <laughs> it is. It's always awesome. Well, there was the, the, the ball boy on that day. The ball boy that gave the ball to Trent Alexander-Arnold on that fateful day is a forward for Liverpool's U18s, okay? Signed a new deal, I think, earlier this year to extend it. Uh, His name is Oakley Cannoneer, and he just dropped four goals over the weekend in the the U18 Premier League uh, against Leeds United. Um, and he, I looked at his stats. I went back and I was shocked. He is, and this obviously doesn't mean that he's going to be a massive baller in the future, but you never know. He has 25 goals in 20 appearances for Liverpool's U18 Premier League team. And from what I hear, he's one of the best um, prospects to watch out for, uh, obviously alongside this Matush Muzielowski, um at Liverpool. But I felt the need. I mean, come on. How often do you see the ball boy that – he gets famous for being a ball boy and now he's actually literally balling his way to potentially a Liverpool EFL cup debut or something in the next year or two. Club would be that guy. Club could be that guy. So if there's anything we haven't mentioned with the wonder kids, people, please put down below and go bold with that. So let's go with the last topic and we'll try to do it. Every podcast now that it is, this is a bold one. People, Best yeah. 11 from the World Cup each group. But we're yeah. only managing to do one today, okay? So group A, okay, with Ecuador, um, Qatar, Senegal, and the Netherlands. We're going to do the yeah. best lineup of group A. So you ready to get it started? I mean, I feel like goalkeeper is pretty unanimous, right? <laughs> uh, let's see, Mendy. Okay. All right, let's say it at the same time. 
Who is your goalkeeper in Group A, best 11? My goalkeeper? Edward Mendy. Edward Mendy, exactly. Okay. Edward Mendy. Edward Mendy is the goalkeeper choice. Yes, yes, yes. And that's even with those odd decisions and the, the kind of howler he had the other day that yes. Chelsea obviously bounced back from. Um, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure you and I were having a tough time even naming the Dutch goalkeepers. Uh, a lot of them are still injured. A lot of them aren't playing a lot, mm-hmm. which is weird. Right. Uh, who was the one that you mentioned that I looked up? Yes, but uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's barely been playing these days. I don't know. Has he been injured? He was a wonder kid at the time, too. Like, yeah. I know he got a tough injury. Yeah, it's true. Skettenberg yeah, it's, was a guy, too. Like, they kind of yeah. like he kind of fixed the problem after Van der Sar, But right. I, I get you. But Mendy is our choice for the best goalkeeper yeah. in Group A. Now, my left back, I had to do a bit of digging and I'm going to pick a player for Senegal. That is Salius Cisse, that for me, yeah, I think is the best left back at Group A. Is it your choice too? No, it's not my choice because I really, I really like uh, Pervis Estupinan, Estupinan, and I'm I'm getting his name wrong, um, for Ecuador. I'm a big fan. I mean, I could have put Daly Blin there, right? Mm. Because he has played left wing back, I believe, for the Dutch. Um, and just like he has for Ajax as well. True. Uh, but Estupinan, um, he was the starting left back for Villarreal um, in their 1-0 win mm. uh, versus Bayern recently. Um, no, I like him. He's progressive. I, I mean, he's still working through kind of – well, you might remember he was a signing, I believe. Or maybe was that Oscar? Mm. I think he was the signing for Watford, and then he was loaned out to La Liga for like several years. And now he's made it his own in Villarreal. Um, they, they have turned him into one hell of a left back. Um, can dribble, can get into the attack. Uh, his defense is improving. Um, but I really, really like him on that left side uh, for Ecuador. Um, it, the only weird thing is, is that he hadn't really, and I don't know why. So if we have any Ecuadorian followers, I'd love to know why Estupinan has not necessarily been like mm-hmm. always the, the left back of choice. And I don't think it's because he isn't the best left back in Ecuador. I think it might be for other reasons. So I'd love to know why, but I haven't been able to find that answer. Okay. So yeah, Tervis is my left back. Okay. Now two center backs. I'll say it. I, I believe we're going to have the same choices, but a lot of shout outs to do for the center backs. And Virgil van Dijk is one of them for Netherlands. And the yeah. other one is Koli Bali for Senegal. But I wanted to almost pick, like, for Ecuador, Hincapi, that he's performing really well for Leverkusen. Or Delict or Timber. I was like, why can't I put just Virgil van Dijk next to Delict or Timber? So Yeah, I mean, those are all the shouts that I I had as well. Uh, But Koulibaly, I mean, come on. Napoli's in the race for the Scudetto, even after their trip up against Fiorentina. Mm -hmm. Um, He led them to that hot, hot start to the year where they, like, barely conceded goals and were just Mm -hmm. killing it. Um, So, yeah, Koulibaly. Can you imagine a center-back pairing between Van Dijk and Koulibaly? (laughs) That would be the – I think that would be the best center-back. Be in the good. world like my team's yeah. doing a good job but let's imagine Colin Pauly oh my days yeah and I, I love your shout of Hincapi because um I was not expecting him and injuries have played its part for all of Bayer Leverkusen but uh, I was not expecting him to come in and uh have have an, even an impact yet mm-hmm. on Leverkusen and they really like what they see um with him and uh I I hey 
another Ecuadorian man. That young Ecuadorian team really excites me. I, I hope I don't, you know, uh, regret it in the future. But I'm going to back them pretty hard this year. There's a couple of shouts to do. We'll do it. We'll do it. So at the right, I'm mm -hmm. going to go with the only Qatar player. And it's because oh. they're ties to Portugal. No, I'm joking. It's because he's one of the best players to Qat of Qatar. And that was like the slot in the team that I feel was the weakest. And okay. Pedro Miguel is my choice, okay, for the right back slot. And he'll yeah. surprise a lot of people because I think he's going to be one of the top three players for Qatar next to Akram Afif. Pedro Miguel okay. at the right back spot. So yeah. I went and forward with that. <laughs> And you're right. When we when we do this after Group A is all written in stone and all the results are played, there will be a a Qatari uh, player or two um, likely in this best eleven. Uh, but we, you and I, haven't really been able to watch them as much. So maybe it is Pedro Miguel. Uh, but I couldn't I couldn't find my way past Denzel Dumfries. Mm. Okay. I just couldn't find my way past him. Yes, uh, he had his coming out party in a good way in in, in the Euros, and um, I think he's going to continue his rise, even if it maybe has cooled down some. But again, he's in a Scudetto race, and um, you know I'm here for it. I, I like a whole lot about him. There's a whole lot more to improve, but I'm not Mr. Scout. Uh, I just really, really enjoy his game and uh, the big leap that he's made in the last year, year and a half. So my right back's Denzel Dumfries. Like. It I agree with like, but that's the best one. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. But let's go with the midfield, uh, midfield trio. Uh, okay. I, the first one I picked for the CDM role is Edrisa Gie from PSG. Oh. I solid choice in my opinion because like, yeah. if you need someone at the back and massively underrated for PSG, like there's a couple mm -hmm. of matches, the Champions League matches that I remember. I was like, he's one of the best, Edrisa Gie. Yeah. And I am sure he's going to go with the same energy to the World Cup because, yeah, he's got something to prove. And they will. Huh? They will. So that's my first shout in midfield. Idrissa Gueye. Okay. Well, my DM is also Idrissa Gueye. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, this was going down for me. Uh, in watching the games PSG, I just – he was always focal point. Mm -hmm. Um so I uh, I don't know if I got to watch him enough amidst the qualifiers to say that he was the exact same influence mm -hmm. for them, but I'd be very surprised if he wasn't. Um, and yeah, this being likely his last World Cup uh, for Senegal, um, I'm, I'm going to say he's, yeah, he's going to have a fine one. So yeah, Gay is my DM. Uh, and so let's go with just picking the three, the three midfielders. So Idrissa Gueye, Frankie de Jong, and the other one was the one I was on the fence, but I'm going to go with Steven Bergwist. Excellent transfer from Feyenoord to Ajax. It's really working out. He's got seven league goals and eight assists. So for me, 30-year-old Steven Berg, he's one of the best players for Ajax and Netherlands. Mm -hmm. I'm going to – that's my that's my trio. That's my yeah. trio of midfielders. I mean, he, he's been such a shrewd signing for them. In a, in a, just very, very good. And he, like, plays in that pocket. And, um, yeah, I really like that shout. But my – I'm going to go differently. Uh, I'm going to go box to box instead of an outright uh, 10 because you got all the firepower up top. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say my DM is gay, Edrisa Gay uh, mm -hmm. from Senegal. My um, uh, next is Frankie Diong, uh definitely. And then I have uh, Moises Cachedo, oh. um, 
from Ecuador. I told you you'd hear him later. I like Um, it. And yeah, he just got his first Premier League start, but we've been following him for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when he made the trip, uh, made the uh, move over. I was initially pretty annoyed that he was going to Brighton, um, especially when Brighton sent him on loan to like one of the worst teams in Belgium. Uh, That was very quickly like null and void. And they brought him back, and I think he's doing the right things to show that uh, he can be huge. But you have to think about it this way: you know, Argentina and Brazil. Okay, great. They were one. Of, they were the first two that qualified. Ecuador. They rode a hot start, and a lot of that was because of Caicedo's form. Um, and he is just great in that midfield mm-hmm. um, alongside uh, Carlos uh, Gruezo, who's a former MLS player for FC Dallas. Uh, who's in the Bundesliga. So Caicedo is one that I think you, you take Caicedo now. I said it before. He's great. You take him seven months from now. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to really turn some heads in, in group A. So like Idrissa Gay, Frankie De Jong, Moises Caicedo. I like it. I like it. He's Moises Caicedo and his stock is going to go up. That's a great show. Oh, yeah. Great show. So our front three, let's go. Let's. I think, I think we had the same front three, but let's see. We never know. Front yeah. three of Group A, I go with Sadio Mane at the left. At mm-hmm. the fours, I go with Memphis Depay. And at the mm-hmm. right, I go with Ismail Sar. That's my front three of Group A. What's yours? Done. Done. I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what I just did with this, whatever I'm doing with my hands. Uh, but no, I 100, I 100% agree. I 100% agree. That's a, um, and, and for me, a shout, I got to say, the Ecuador, I, I, I think you're going to like this, is Jeremy Sarmiento. Because yeah. I was shocked when I saw like his name in Ecuador because he was previously um, at England, a national team youngster. And he's at Brighton too, right? He is at Brighton. Wasn't he previously at Benfica too? Yes, I watched him at Benfica wow. under 19s. He was a he was a winger at the time. So wow. excellent. Yeah. He's good. He's yeah. good. De- good development. Watch out for him, Jeremy Sarmiento, because he already he had that confidence at Benfica. He had that. Absolutely. He had that. He knew he was destined for for big heights, and he's gonna yeah. be he's gonna be going to the World Cup. So yeah. and last shout, like you you'll know more on him, Byron Castillo. Right back, mm-hmm. like because I, I was like, who's my right back, right back type beats, and Dumfries should have been my choice, but Pedro Miguel <laughs> and By- Byron Castillo was the other right back that I feel yeah. maybe he could uh, he could he could surprise some people. He yeah, no, I, I I like him as well, and um, but uh, I think when you have Sadio Mane, you have Memphis Depay mm-hmm. and his Milo star. Um, yeah. Steven Bergvine could be up there. True. Uh, there, there, there's a bunch of names, obviously with the Dutch, uh, Daniel Malin, Myron Boadu, if he makes the trip, mm-hmm. I mean, there's quite a few, but that attack doesn't scare me as much as it used to <laughs> when Boadu was scoring a whole bunch of goals for AZ Alkmaar. Uh, or wait, I'm sorry. Was it was it? Ak- Boadu. Yeah, Ukori Ma- Gakpo yeah. is yeah. Uh, yes, but Boadu was at Alkmaar. Yeah. Now he's at Monaco. Yeah. But yes, right, I agree right, with right. you. Um, it was uh, it was Malin was at PSV. Yes. Um. So yeah, I couldn't get past it. But the other the other one you're leaving out, you mentioned him previously. Um. I believe Qatar's top scorer mm-hmm. is going to be Akram Afif. Yeah. Um. He he has shown a knack for putting it in uh, the net and. Uh, the only reason he's not up there is because the Paimane and Sar. And Cody um, Gakpo. Cody Gakpo, too, is like yeah, the guy Gakpo. that I, I, I'd be like, mm, 
So our lineups. I'm gonna steal Dumfries, man. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna steal a player. I'm gonna. <laughs> so, uh, could you announce your lineup and then I announce my lineup? Sure. So for Group A, call this like what the preseason best eleven. Yes. Uh, World Cup Group A uh, goalkeeper from the back. I've got Edward Mendy. Uh, at the left, left back, I've got Pervis Estupinan from Ecuador. Uh, Ecuador. Uh, the two center backs, Kalidou Koulibaly and Virgil van Dijk. Right back is Denzel Dumfries. Uh, my DM in midfield is Adrisa Gay. And then I've got Frankie De Jong and Moises Cachero from Ecuador uh, in there as well. And then up front, left wing, Sadio Mane. Up top, Memphis Depay. And right wing is my Lassar, Senegalese Bombers. I love it. Um, that's mine, 11. So my best 11 of Group A has Edward Mendy in goal, Salius Cisse at the left, uh, Kole Bali and Virgil van Dijk in the center back duo, and at the right, Dumfries. But that shout out to Pedro Miguel. Yeah, <laughs> in the midfield, <laughs> let's say, I'm going to say Idris Aguirre, Frankie de Jong, and St Steven Burgess from Ajax and the Netherlands. And the nice. last is the front trio with Sadio Mane, Depay, and Ismail Sar. So, people, if there's any player that we missed out and you're like, you should have him in that best 11 or group fate, please put down below in the comment section. And don't forget to like this video and go bold. So, yeah. ah, that's... Another one done, Bretton. Episode 51. And let me just say, comment down below which is the next group you want us to do. Because yeah. it's going to be Group C. But if you want another group, go down below and say, no, not Group C. It's say another one. And yeah. we'll listen to you guys. <laughs> hey, you know, the one thing I forgot to mention to you, we still haven't brought it up. And both of us have confirmed it. Isahaku is going to sporting. And hey, there are pictures and everything. I don't mm -hmm. know. Have we mentioned it anywhere? Have we mentioned on our podcast? We haven't mentioned it live. Um, it is confirmed, and I am so stoked. I think I might be a sporting fan next year. <laughs> Five hundred thousand too, wasn't it? That was that was a yeah. a good Jeez. investment. Like and Ruben He's gonna be at the World Cup. He's gonna be balling out at the World Cup. Watch it. Sheesh. Eighteen right now. So people, Abd Abdul Fatu, what? And Fat Fatawu. Fat 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 something like that. <laughs> so people go bold don't forget to like this video and thank you for listening to our weekly podcast okay and thank you for going bold and don't forget to like this video and listen to F fc water kid on spotify too thank you